This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's a place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome, folks. Here we are one more time. Dr. Charles Parker here at Core Brain Journal. And we have a different wrinkle today. We're going to be talking with an individual who is, he calls himself the confidence master. And think of how many people out there have had little holes in their confidence along life's way. And this gentleman, Todd Thomas, works with people who are very, very successful in their careers, in their lives, they're professionals. He works with sports. He works with executives. People who really, on one level, shouldn't have a hole in their confidence, but he helps them with what they need to do next. And we'll do a formal introduction in a second. Todd, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here with you. Gonna be fun. So, Todd, I'm just going to do a little reading here to talk about it. And before we even do that, I just recalled I've got to do my little pre-roll here, and that is we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll go from there. So many of you CBJ listeners know that we love the reality of hard biomedical data here at CBJ. And our partners, Direct Health Access Laboratory, has over 3 million biomedical studies, and they're deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring, for example, some odd things. You may not be aware of how important these are, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges. If you're puzzled about it, go to CBJ forward slash 115 and listen to Dr. Bill Walsh talk about the relevance of methylation in brain science. And these guys are the, some of the thought leaders, laboratory leaders in the country. They do a great job. They can get you results in Fargo if you want to. So go to dhalab.com forward slash core and they'll tell you more about it. Then we also have a second uh, set of sponsors, and that is the nonprofit Barry Robinson Center, a residential care treatment facility, extended care. I don't know if I like the word residential or extended care treatment center in Norfolk, Virginia for children and adolescents who so frequently today here in the good old USA are doing five to 10 day hospitalizations, get a bunch of meds throw at them, thrown at them, and come out, yeah, they're a little bit better, but they didn't really integrate what they needed to do. And really, they specialize in treatment failure, and they're available globally. They're TRICARE friendly. And what happens is they have an interpersonal, the word I like, I like this word, coalescent. So they pull things together. Some people call it sort of, uh, I think the word really is comprehensive. I don't want to bring in synonyms. I think the word is comprehensive because they have biomedical testing. They're doing much more of a workup rather than just simply throwing meds at them. And you can check them out at barryrobinson.org forward slash core, C-O-R-E. So with that, now I'm going to come in and introduce Todd. Todd is, as I said, the confidence master. He's been coaching and training high-performance individuals for over 15 years. Through his extensive experience, he's created proven and unique systems that include key mental methods and innovative technology, if I can read it right, innovative techniques 
that have helped scores of individuals and groups reach levels of performance and mental toughness they never thought possible. And he's going to be talking about athletes. So if you're talking about mental toughness, they're dealing with pain and aggravation every single day. He's an author, an award-winning speaker, mental performance coach. Todd shares his high level of strategies and expertise with business organizations, athletes, associations, and individuals so they can achieve a life-changing personal performance breakthrough. With years of intensive study in the science and mechanics of personal achievement, he's mastered the ability to help anyone stretch the limits of their full and true potential. He lives down in Dallas-Fort Worth. He's coming to us from Dallas. He has a wife and four kids, and he is spreading a message that we all need to hear, a message not only of encouragement, friends, but how to get it together. Big, big message. So thanks, Todd. Tell us a little more about how you came to be a performance coach. We have a lot of coaches that listen to our program, and they would be interested in how you personally took it down this level to actually uh, identify these uh, techniques and then what stimulated you to move forward with actually teaching? Well, it, back in the uh, early and mid 80s, uh, I played uh, sports. Uh, I played sports all growing up and I was an athlete. I played uh, independent league baseball. Uh, that's what we called it back then, back in the mid 80s for a very, very small sum of money. Very, very small. <laughs> Popcorn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you had to have a full-time job outside of this. And what I discovered was, obviously, I had a little bit of something, but I, I tell people, you know, I wasn't really that great. I was okay. But what I discovered was that I was really good at coaching and helping my teammates um, in figuring out what they were doing with their uh, with their technique and the way they were thinking, the way they were approaching. And I really latched onto that and was very good at it. I kind of got away from it for a while because, uh, you know, life took me a different direction and I was uh, doing some things in the radio business for a while. And then I met my wife and I got married and we started having children and we had boys and they were athletically inclined. And so I started putting them in sports and in baseball, especially in particular. So now here I am again. Starting from the from the beginning, now I'm I'm teaching and coaching again and and, and again. And before you know it, uh, I've got players coming to me, parents. Uh, they want me to coach a team. They want me to coach them individually. And I did it for free for quite some time. For quite a while, I just did it. Mm. After a while, I said, "You know, I'm gonna start charging for this." <laughs> <laughs> Basic. <laughs> so, so I did. But one of the things that I really noticed, outside of what I noticed about what I was good at when I was playing ball. Uh, when I was teaching and coaching players, one thing I noticed was um, there was a lot of them that could do it when they were in the practice, when they were in the cage or whatever. They could do it then. But when they stepped between the white lines, that just they were just mental train wrecks. And that bothered me as their coach. I, I thought, this, uh, I, I want them to succeed. Now, I had plenty that succeeded anyway, but there were just too many of them, for my liking, that were mental train wrecks. And I just thought, I've got to transform myself as a coach to help these players get past what they're getting into. And I just dove headlong into um, everything I could read and study and started teaching it and applying it and have had tremendous success with it over the years. 
So we see this all the time. I mean, it's really important, Todd. You know, what you're talking about is something that all of us as therapists and anybody that's involved with psychiatry, coaching, mental health, basically you're talking about a change in reality. You know, we go from one reality that has a limited number of variables, and then you go out into another reality that has all the eyes on you. You go from singular to group, and just that additional level of variables can throw you into a complete brain spaghetti situation. And somewhere in there, you pulled something out of it. So how did you actually come to some of these answers that began to work for you? Well, some of it was uh, trial, trial and error, yeah. um, uh, trying different uh, techniques and different things. And I, I'm a voracious reader, Chuck. I, mm-hmm. I read just, you see my desk here, books everywhere and in my uh, closet. I'm a voracious reader. So I'm constantly looking for different things. And, and I'm all about everything I teach. I tell players, look, I'm all about workability. It's, if it's working, Go with it, you know. If it's not, let's try something else. Mm-hmm. And if something, if somebody's doing something else that I wouldn't necessarily teach or agree with, but it's working, I say, hey, keep doing it. So it's all about workability. But it's a lot of trial and error. Again, a lot of study and reading, and then coming upon things like uh, teaching players how to hum their mechanics, the the their uh, physical mechanics of of whatever their skill they're working on to get them to get out of their head and let their uh, natural ability take over. Uh, that's been one of the most successful things I've done over the years. And interesting phrase. Let me interrupt you on it. That. that was yeah, an interesting phrase. Hum their mechanics. I'm sure some people would love, and myself included, would love to know how a person can hum their mechanics. What, what, what were you talking about when you said that? Okay. And what I'll tell them, I'll say, I'll, I'll often ask them, hey, can you sing? Are you a good singer? And many of them will say, no, I'm not. And I'll say, that's all right. I'm not that good a singer either, but you don't need to be. It's just three notes, essentially, depending on kind of depending on what the uh, the technique is. But usually uh, I've worked with a lot of baseball and softball players. So it definitely related to them and their swing. And it was da da da. And the, the thing was, so I would tell him is, look, the left side of your brain is going to want to try to tell you how to do things. It, 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 it wants the control. What do my hands have to be? Where does this have to be? Uh, how's my the position of my body need to be? And I'll say, what we're going to do is we're going to train your body how to do those things. But when it comes time to play, there's no more thinking. You've got to just trust yourself and the ability that you've done, uh, that you've, uh, that you have, and you've trained yourself. Mm -hmm. And and the humming gets the uh, left side of the brain, if you will, to kind of be quiet. (laughs) Uh, The, the, that thinking side, that, that side that wants to tell us how to do things and gets it to be quiet while the natural ability can just, take over and it, and it incorporates it in a, an element of timing, which is extremely important in athletics. It's almost sounds like a mantra. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, getting a little deep there. So, <laughs> so they're really thinking and, and, and your hum is going to be, is it going to be individualized for uh, everybody or do you have a certain tune that you say, Hey guys, this one's worked for me. How does, how does that work? It's, I pretty much teach it the same to uh, all athletes, and if they want to modify it themselves and come up with uh, a different way that they do it, or or they say one, two, three, or uh, or come with somebody's name. I've had players do that. I'm trying to think of a name off the top of my head and escaping me that they, mm-hmm. they but um, usually it's 
da, da, da. <laughs> That's it. And notice that wasn't very um, uh, harmonic. <laughs> yeah, melodic. Yeah, melodic, that's okay. Melodic. But it, yeah. look, it made it. It made it. I got you. I, I definitely got you. You don't have to be a have harmony either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have three guys singing at the same time. <laughs> exactly. But the th the uh, and that has been amazingly successful. That one little technique has helped so many players stop thinking so much and just start working on their timing and rhythm and getting out of their head and trusting their ability and trusting what they've trained themselves to do. Well, you know what, even uh, any kind of music whatsoever does pull you into a certain level of syncopation and synchronization. Absolutely. And that is what an athlete's trying to do anyway. They want to be syncopated and synchronized with that ball that's coming down over the plate. Right, but they don't think about that. The, uh, the, the way that most coaches and teachers out there approach things, it's all about the mechanics. You got to mm -hmm. have, you got to hold this right. And you've got, this arm's got to be here and this hand's got to be this way. And your left knee or right knee's got to do this when you, and, and, and players gotcha. and athletes, their head is just swimming. And it's like trying to thread, you know, uh, I tell them that it's going to cause purpose tremor when you're trying too hard. You're, gonna, you're like trying to thread a needle. You know, you can hold the needle and the thread just perfectly steady, but the moment you try to put it through that hole, it's gonna, your hand's going to start shaking. When you're trying too hard, that's the same thing that's going to happen. That's very interesting. It's very, very interesting because that does happen with us, with individuals who are in some form of recovery. I, I think I've seen so many people, now that you're bringing this up, who get stuck on, you know, issues like, do you love your mother? <laughs> you know, what in the heck do you mean by that right, <laughs> you know right. you could be there forever that's five years of psychoanalysis right there well and you know i do a lot of work with athletes and obviously i'm talking a lot about sports but believe me when i talk to and i train and i work with players or teams i explain to them look these things and these mental uh processes that i'm going to talk to you about like confidence and dealing with fear and negative self-talk and, and uh, uh, perfectionism, these things can apply to any area of your life, <laughs> really. You're, there's going to come a day where you're going to play your last game, and you're going to need, need to be able to have applied this in your life to be successful as a student, as a brother or sister, as, as a friend. Um, and, and I've had a lot of success with that with players as well as being students, turning them in from – you know, B and C students and taking those same principles and becoming A students. Words of wisdom, absolute words of wisdom, because what you're talking about is reality is out there and reality is always going to be a challenge. And a lot of it has to do with the way you face it. You know, and if you get stuck in the details, you're going to get blindsided. There was a guy in, in the martial arts who had a school called the sword of no sword. That was this, he was a, <laughs> He was a martial artist and a fighter. And he said, when you go into full combat, life and death combat with a live blade with somebody on the other side, this is, this is feudal Japan. He said, if you think about that other person's sword, you will draw it right to you and it will put you right in half. Oh, man. <laughs> you don't think about the sword. You get loose, just as you're talking about right here, and you then synchronized with the moment and i don't know that they were recommending they sing a tune but 
<laughs> but the bottom line is <laughs> he wrote a book about it. And it was a very doggone interesting book. The, the school of the sword of no sword. Don't think about the sword. Get in and do what you got to do. I love it. Yeah. It's all about uh, taking effective action. So now tell us about this IT. You are, thank you very much for uh, having a giveaway, this IT factor action guide, the secrets of having it and using it to the fullest. Now is IT an acronym or is it just a plain it? No, it is it. Yeah. Okay. The, the it factor action guide, the it, the, the it, as I talk about it is the untapped potential that I know that we all have. You couldn't put a person in front of me and ask me, does this person have untapped potential? Uh, I, I think that almost really goes without saying, but th there's so much untapped potential for all of us, regardless of what level of success or achievement that we've uh, uh, accumulated in our lives, we still have more that we could tap into and give. So the issue is digging deeper and finding out where you really want to go and who you really are, as opposed to all the other games that can take place in any level of society and in, including sports. Definitely. And there's going to be things that, that get in your way along that uh, path of discovery, if you will. And, and those five things that I always uh, often talk about are the perfection trap, uh, the preoccupation that we have with fear, the harsh self-judgments that we have or negative self-talk or negative thinking, and then lack of experience and lack of skills. Those are as you know, things that you can a little bit easier to take care of. You get experience from continued doing and you work on your skills through practice and repetition. So what you're saying, and I'm freely translating this, we've never talked before, but it's very interesting what you're saying. Uh, because what you're really talking about, those five uh, items that you just mentioned, have a lot to do with, uh, if you forgive the expression, cognitive stuckness. You know, because oh, I love it. You know, because you're really stuck on thinking, and you're not free to not think. You're actually teaching people how to not think and do, and that it that's within them is their their real self, who they actually are, what their mission is. You know, it's funny when I talk to people, Todd. And you've obviously got a brand here because you're you have your act together in talking to me. There's no question about it. But we have, we have had some guests in here that are like, I just want to talk to you, but I'm really not sure what I want to talk about. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've written a book, but right. I'm not really clear. They don't have their minds wrapped around what their message actually is, who they are. You know, they want to talk about this could happen in this situation, that could happen in that. And they're really kind of still in their head instead of, look, this is who I am. This is what I represent. This is the change I want to make in this lifetime. Now, you're not, that's not your problem, obviously. But I think, I think that's the same kind of stuckness that a person, they haven't found themselves. They're out into what's going to be an effective whatever, and they're thinking too much, and they're not coming down to what they have to do. I absolutely love that term. In fact, I wrote it down, cognitive stuckness. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome to it. <laughs> that is that's exactly what it is because and i again talk with groups and individuals alike that are athletic uh, athletes but definitely my athletes and teams about this a lot it's about getting i tell them it's about getting out of your head and yeah. into your game 
if you're in your head, I mean, you almost everybody can see it. <laughs> you, you can just see it. I was walking by a field one time and I saw a, a kid take a swing and it was just terrible. And this coach yelled out, out down to him and said, get out of your own way. And, uh -huh. And the kid was looking around him like he was about to trip over himself. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny in the moment, yeah. although I felt sorry for the kid. He didn't really know what he meant to get out of his own way. Yeah, yeah. It's the fact he was in his head. Yeah. And he needed to get out of there and get in his game. He was looking for the geographic cure, and it wasn't there at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, um, this, is, this is a very interesting conversation. I have a question that I'm going to ask you in just a moment. We're going to have to take a quick break here. But the question that I'm going to ask you, because I think it's really relevant, so much of the narrative that we really enjoy with speakers like yourself and people who are so inspirational for others and, and really helping others get into the rethinking process, if we can personalize where you've stumbled on the way, where you, hey, you were doing this well, you thought, and this thing happened to me, and it was a transformational moment for me. I realized that I had to do this somewhat differently. So I'm, I'm telling you now about that question because I want you to think about it a little bit and then come back because that's, the, that's really, there. you have a message already, but if we personalize it a little more, it'll be most appreciated. So with that, we'll come back in just a moment. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations, may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families, including military families, internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living how do we know we refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing? So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's D-H-A-L-A-B.com forward slash core. Well, Todd, we're back. I can't tell you how much I enjoy this conversation because it's interesting. You're not a mental health professional. 
in the sense of that's how you make your living through mental health practice through insurances or whatever, but you are really talking about mental health principles in a very street, street smart, street wise way. I mean, this is absolutely essential material. Now, having said that, let's talk about where you yourself have learned and redefined yourself, even though you had these insights, even though you were doing well with it, where you made an application of some of these thoughts and you said, hey, that's not quite sufficient. I need to do that differently. Could you give us an example of something like that? Well, and I touched on it just briefly a little bit earlier when I talked about how I noticed that I was, um, to a lot of the, the players that I was working with, I would call them batty cage all-stars. And I knew something had to change and because there was too many of them that couldn't do it when they stepped between the white lines. And again, that bothered me as their coach. I want them to succeed to the highest level of their potential uh, that they have. And I often tell them, by the way, I don't get potential. I just, that, that you know, <laughs> you're created with that. I just try to help you reach it. But Well now, said, well said. Thank you. And I was inspired by one of the players that I worked with, uh, uh, recently actually that came to me and his father called me and he was very distraught. Uh, he, he was distraught because his son had been a, a star player all of his life. Uh, and he was at a point where he was ready to quit throwing the towel. I can't do this anymore. The, the last season and the summer was just terrible for him. He just was so down on himself and he was ready to quit. And he asked me if I would see his son. And I said, sure, I think I could help him send him on over. So he came over. And just in that first lesson, which, by the way, I taught him the humming thing, but I gave him some other things also. Uh, I saw the light start to come back on in this kid. And then after two, he was really starting to turn it around. That next weekend, and, and this is a baseball player, he went four for four with two doubles, a triple and a home run. And then we had a couple more sessions and then he went on some college visits and got scholarship offers for him to come play and have his education paid for. Now, that's the reason that I made the transformation or felt like I needed to make the transformation in myself as a coach to help players, not just with the mechanics, and the mm -hmm. physical part, which mm -hmm. I'm also pretty good at, mm -hmm. but I'm more passionate about helping them with the, the way they approach it mentally, with their confidence, so that it translates into things like this, stories like this, a co kid going from about to quit to getting a college scholarship, but what else, what else is that going to do for him? Yeah. Well, he's going to get an education and he's going to, um, that'll help him make a bigger difference in the world Absolutely. as well. And that Absolutely. to me is what it was all about. Yeah. You changed his life. No question about it. And he's going to use that principle. I mean, I'm putting, I'm, uh, you know, empathetic with that whole thing. I'm thinking about that boy, even when he's at college, he's going to have the same attitude because he learned that he does have some worth inside and he's got this, internal resource that he can chase down and and he also learned i think you said that very quickly but i think it does need underscoring it didn't come from you you know i no. think that's a really important point i think it's uh, a good uh, a sign of your humility and your and your essence as a human being 
to say, look, this does not come from me. I can't put it in you. It comes from you. You just have to tap it. That's a, I, that's I a big deal. Frequently, I say, listen, if you're successful here, and in this case, I told this kid, you're, this isn't happening because you worked with me. I gave you some direction, and I uh, thank you for acknowledging that that helped, but you're the one that took the action. Yeah. You know, I can talk all day and give you uh, principles and strategies, but unless you put it into action, and so I said, it's on you, not me. You know, it's funny, Ty, because I say the same thing to people all the time. <laughs> they say, thank you so much for helping me, or thank the meds for helping me, or whatever. It's like, not me, and it's not the meds. Everything you did, you did it on your own. We got lots of people that we therapize, that we give them supportive remarks, we give them medication, and they refuse to do it. They can't quite make the, the switch that you and I are talking about right here. They don't tap that internal resource and go do it. They have some other thing. They're angry. They're upset. Whatever. Who knows what it is? But they don't do it. But the people that do, and there are most of them do, we don't take any credit for it whatsoever. That that is something you did, and that's one of the reasons I tell people not like we do a lot of work. Yeah, we've done a lot of work with attention deficit disorder, but we do work with all kinds of other things: depression, mood disorder, all this other stuff. So they say, well, you know, the meds maybe do. I don't know. No, because I've, I'm very experienced with the fact that we've given tons of meds to people that don't do what they need to do with them. Whereas you get a person that's fired up and they start to have internal confidence. Look out. It's Nelly bar the door. There's, I can't stop them at that point. They're going to go do it. And that's, that's a very satisfying. I quite agree with you. And we're, we're coming from two completely different walks of life. But the message is exactly the doggone same message. No question about it. Now, let me ask you this question. Because you have in your, on your website, and we'll talk about your website and how people can get in contact with you in a minute. Tell us a little bit about your experience in speaking to, uh, as a leadership trainer to larger audiences and how you break that down in even maybe a, a dinner meeting or a keynote speech so that they can begin to conceptualize what they do. Um, I, I don't expect you to wrap up an hour speech in 10 minutes here, but Give us a little bit of an idea of how you do that with a larger audience, because frankly, I'm curious about it. I think it's, I think it's a big challenge to say some of the things you're saying in effective ways to a larger audience to get the job done. It, it definitely is. Uh, it, it, it's much easier to break it down to one-on-one. -on -one. And what I try to do when I'm speaking to larger audiences is see if I can relate to them through the stories like the one I told you about uh, that particular uh, player and other stories that, that I tell that will have some of them come to me individually. Because I know um, as much as I also try to entertain them in the process as, as well, and I am usually do a, a fair job at that, uh, that there are going to be many of them that uh, think, oh, that's some of that's kind of cool, and they're going to get up and they're going to walk out the door. Um, I, my, my goal getting in there is that I will touch a nerve with certain ones in the audience that will end up coming to me or reach out to me, and let's have, let's have a dialogue and a conversation about this to see how um, uh, I may assist you in some way, or maybe I can learn from you to help break this down and uh, apply it to uh, what you're doing professionally. So how deep do you get into it? Do you ever talk about, now this is, this is I'm putting on my psychiatric hat for a minute, forgive me. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just asking, 
because my, my years of professional training and so on, I'm going to have a curiosity come up and I'm going to start to think, well, is there something in the way you were parented? Is there something to do with your parents' divorce? Is there, uh, the, you know, you got spanked too much as a child. And do you, you know, those kinds of things do come up uh, for me. I'm wondering if they come up, do you try to find a moment where there was perhaps a uh, traumatic event where they changed or do you let all that lie and really coach them on just don't get into that stuff. Just stay with this, this new thinking process. I think the, a little bit more of the latter really. Yeah. Uh, I, I try to uh, touch the nerve with a story or two um, uh, but then try to get them not to focus on, on the, uh, um, the pain of the, the struggles that they've had, but to get out of their, uh, as to kind of go back to my, uh, yeah. the mantra of you to kind of get out of your head and get into mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And put it you behind know. you. Yeah. 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 Because you don't want Yeah. Keep I mean, I think that's action. one of the, sir, go meaningful, ahead. Meaning, keep taking meaningful, effective action. See, that is the issue. I mean, doing does, that's what you have in the title of your, of your book, your paper there is really, how do you take it and, and do something with it? <laughs> well, and it's important to know, and I took this out of my wallet. This is a, uh, uh, well, I have a, uh, in my wallet, a index card that has my top six values written down on it. And I take it out from time to time and I look at it so that I know what my top values are. Like, um, connecting with people and encouragement and inspiring and being grateful uh, and and know and, and contributing uh, and knowing that I want to do those things and I express that to the people that I and the players and that I coach you know what your top values are so that you can live by those in any moment and you catch yourself when you're not when you're caught in the what was in the past and get back right in line with your values again, you can do it at any moment. Now I'm going to use another word that we use frequently here. And, uh, you know, this is not attempting to be pretentious in any way, but I mean, that's a transcendent moment right there. What you're doing is you're taking yourself on a completely different order of things into the larger order that we were talking about a little, a moment ago, you know, branding is kind of a marketing way to think about it, but you're taking yourself into a packaging that has to do with values regarding your relationship with a larger order, with your contribution to humankind in this lifetime of yours. What are you going to do with yourself on the larger level? And that actually, that shrinks all this other stuff right down to nothing. If you're really thinking on the larger order, then go strike out. It doesn't make any difference. You, you're going to go back there and you're going to play that game right down to where your nose is in the concrete. You're going to do it and, and you're not going to worry about it because you're not going to sit around and think about what a, what a, what a, because you're stuck on a larger, more transcendent. You're not stuck on it, but you're practicing a larger, more transcendent uh, perspective in the way you manage your life. Yeah. Why, why are you playing? Why are you taking this action in your life? Is it because you want to, uh, accumulate all these personal goals that you may or may not get, or do you want the experience of the being involved in a team and helping uh, your teammates, um, the the thrill of victory, and even the agony of defeat, mm -hmm. and 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 experiencing the the full life of emotions in sport or life. 
Sounds sounds absolutely terrific. I could, I completely agree with you. So the issue then is so what you do is if you do a presentation to a larger group like that, then do they then break it down in some other way after like a keynote presentation? Say you've got a hundred people in the room. Do you have a follow-up on that or how do you actually structure the follow-up process when you do that? Well, I usually have uh, a uh, first off almost all the time I have some sort of handout now when it's a large audience like when I spoke before the Louisiana high school baseball coaches I mean it was this was a huge room I wasn't going to hand out to everybody there mm-hmm. um, but uh, I did have uh, a place where they could come uh, and get different uh, methodology type uh, instruction and stuff from mm-hmm. me uh, where we could discuss the, I, I usually almost always get back to those five things that I talked to earlier, talked about earlier. And really the third, the three, the perfectionism, the fear and the harsh self judgments. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about how that applies in each of those situations, regardless of what sport that it is or, or life situation. You know, Todd, I've had so much fun talking to people down in Louisiana. I mean, you're from Texas. I love the Texas people too. I mean, uh, we had a great, uh, did a really fun presentation with some docs down in Brownsville a long time ago, and in oh, wow. and, and Waco done presentations in Waco and Houston. I'm from but the Rio Grande Valley originally, so. Oh, you are, I'm yeah, from. yeah. Well, one of the metaphors I use all the time is is uh, being in West Texas on a nature walk and dealing with with change. I won't get into it right now, but <laughs> the other thing I've noticed is that I really love the people in Louisiana. I mean, you get down there down in the close to New Orleans and that, that whole area, they're, they're just a different breed of people. I mean, they're just so uh, homespun and smart at the same time, but they really don't care about pretense. They're going to like take care of you. You need a ride. We'll take you. I mean, you know, it's funny because I was, I was in a plane, was doing a presentation down in Lafayette, Louisiana to a state group of social workers. And the guy in the plane next to me, we didn't talk the whole way. I'm just thinking about stuff. Maybe I was on my computer. I can't remember. It's a long time ago. And he said, and, and they said, okay, we're going to be landing in just a few minutes. He says, uh, say, we're going to be landing in a few minutes. Uh, do you have a ride? You look like you're from out of town. <laughs> and, and, the, and, you know, he's, by the time we're there, he's taking me down to, so I can, you know, get, hook up a ride with her. I got to go for the presentation. I mean, just a very nice guy. You don't have that happen when you're arriving into Philadelphia, I can tell you. <laughs> I think it's funny he said that you look like you're from out of town. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. He, got that, he, he got that right. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, do I have a Texas accent? Yeah. You no, you, you've got a, a very deep, uh, meaningful way of delivery that's very genuine and authentic. It's very warm and uh, delightful to listen to. And I, and I really want to express my appreciation for you coming on. Wow, thank uh, you. Because so I think you just really do a heck of a good job. I think a, a person like you, you're making such a tremendous contribution because really what you're doing, oddly enough, is you're out there doing mental health the way some of the really serious world-class experts that we've had talking here, they're really saying the same thing about right brain and left brain. And they're talking about affirmative action, affirmations. In fact, we've got a whole page on mindset that I'm going to put this interview on Beautiful. because minds, mindset, we've got, I, I can't remember, about 21, 22 different uh, 
authorities to talk about how you set your mind so you can go where you want to go. And, uh, you know, I just want to express my appreciation because you're, you're making a significant contribution from a slightly different angle, but it's really the same angle. You're just in a different reality when you're in sports and when you're with kids out there dealing with the reality of who they are in a group. I mean, that is a big deal. Right. And I know that those kids are going to, again, like I said, at one point, they're going to play their final game someday. Yeah. And well, they're going to need to be able to carry these principles and uh, into life and whatever they do in their school and relationships and job and career and whatnot. It's so true. Todd Thomas, thank you so much. Tell us where we can get connected with you. We'll have it in the show notes, but tell us here for those who are in their cars now on their way home. Sure. My website is todd-thomas.com, or if you want to call it a hyphen, whichever you call it or whichever you use, <laughs> don't forget it. <laughs> so todd-thomas.com. I usually try not to say don't forget it. I remember the dash. Yes. Yeah. That's you say it in the affirmative, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Todd. It's been great talking to you and we look forward to it. If you have some other topic that, Hey, Parker, we need to talk about this. This is something I learned the other day that your audience might be interested in. You just give me a call. We'll get you back on because I really enjoyed this conversation. That'd be great. Love to. Thank you, boss. You have a good day. Thanks for listening to Core Brain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because, as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive, misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications, like those written for ADHD, are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.